and good afternoon. It is time for our Lunch and Learn, and today we are going to talk about vitamin D. Now, I love vitamin D. It's called a vitamin, but a lot of people think that it functions more like a hormone, and so we're going to talk about that a little bit. I read this report this week, and there were just so many things I did not know. Now, I keep this on my desk at all times. Vitamin D with K2. It is a spray. It is a liposomal spray. You spray right into your cheek, tongue, under your tongue if you want. It gives you 1,000 IUs per spray. So it's a very economical way to do this. The good thing about it, the most precious thing about it is, is zero waste. When you take vitamin D in a capsule form, it goes through the digestive tract, goes through the hydrochloric acid, you lose some of it, goes through the first pass of the liver, you lose more of it, goes via the bloodstream into the kidneys where the body's able to do an uptake of it. So you're not getting very much by the time it gets to your kidneys where you need it, you're not getting very much. That's why I love the liposomal spray goes right into the bloodstream, right inside my cheek, and I get 100%, so there's nothing lost. That's why when you go to the doctor and they say, oh, your vitamin D is low, here's 50,000 IUs, you take one a week, well, they're telling you that because they know that you're going to lose so much when you're going through the digestive process and the liver cleansing process that you're not going to get very much where you need it in the kidneys, and so there is that. So, how much vitamin D is enough? Well, on your blood work, it says that if you have 30 nanograms per deciliter, that you're fine. Now, they've changed the way that they're looking at it on your blood work now. Now, they're saying 20 nanograms per liter, maybe milliliter. We'll get to that in a minute. So, what we want to talk about today is vitamin D and how vitamin D is proving to be a miracle cure, all right? Nobody is going to say no to that. And what puzzles me is that when you go to your medical doctor and you say, I would like to know what my vitamin D level is, they say, oh, well, that's not important. We don't do that test. People, it's a $39 test. Call me, we'll get you that test to find out what your vitamin D level is. So in 2019, it was just a few years ago, board-certified internist Dr. Patrick McCullough published a report on the experiences of three patients who were taking high dosage of vitamin D daily. Now, they were taking 20,000 to 60,000 IUs daily for many years all three of whom have since seen significant health improvements. One patient started supplementing with vitamin D3 eight years ago uh, before the publication of the report. He saw that his asthma attacks declined from five to six severe exacerbations per year to only one serious exacerbation between 2011 and 2019. That is a huge reduction in symptoms, okay? So this is just crazy. Why would you not do vitamin D if you had asthma, right? I mean, asthma can kill you. You cannot breathe, you have panic attacks, all that kind of stuff. Why would you not just do a simple vitamin at that level to reduce those attacks? He started at 10,000 IUs per day. And by the start of the publication, he had stopped most of his admin med 
asthma medication and was taking 30,000 IUs per day. Now that's a lot. Nobody's ever going to say, oh, you need to take that much, but that's what he did over a period of several years. Another patient had ulcerated hand lesions. Now, that's where you get a boo-boo on your hand and it just will not heal. It can get bigger, it can get worse, all right? So she had ulcerated hand lesions, which was presumed to be some form of skin cancer. It shrank after taking high doses of vitamin D. One patient had extensive psoriasis across the scalp, the forehead, ears, some of his chest and abdomen, elbows and thighs. So if you guys don't know what psoriasis looks like, it's nasty. It does, you know, it's not pretty. It's something that is, you know, kind of a, a you know, not a pretty thing to have on your skin. So this guy had it all over. He was given 50,000 IUs of vitamin D and he soon saw a dramatic improvement in his psoriasis. His skin cleared up after a few months of treatment and he was able to stop using the steroid cream and the medicated shampoo. So, I mean, that is amazing. Yes, the medical people will give you steroids in order to calm down the inflammation and they do work, but there are long-term side effects to that. So we don't wanna do steroids unless it's a life and death situation, okay? It says, although clinical improvements are impressive, the dosage these patients received, which would be considered potentially toxic, are particularly astounding, all right? The current recommendations stem from a 2010 dietary reference by the Institute of Medicine. The reference suggests a daily intake of 600 IUs to reach serum level of 20 nanograms per milliliter okay, of vitamin D in the blood. They say that that is an adequate amount. It sets the upper tolerable limit of 4,000 IUs per day. Any higher dosage than that would be considered a high dose. Now, I'm just gonna tell you, I take about 16,000 units a day, all right? So that's what I take. Why do I take that? Because my uh, levels, I'm trying to remember my last blood work. Um, my, my good blood work, they were at 80. I think my last blood work, they were like at 60. So 16,000 keeps me at 60, right? We want you to be over 70. And so that's kind of that's what I do with my little spray over there, all right? Some experts believe that current recommendations are not sufficient for optimal health. McCullough said that the current dosage recommended by the Institute of Medicine are sub-physiologic. Sub-physiologic means it's not enough to have a change in your physical person or in your physical symptoms. So we don't want sub-physiologic, okay? We want therapeutic dose. And so for me, 16,000 is a therapeutic dose. We've seen clinically here, we have seen somebody do a 16,000 uh, IU dose every day for 60 days. It doubled their numbers. Now normally we, we require that whenever somebody is really, really low. So if they had like a 27, it would be like a 54 in 60 days. And so that, that's kind of what we've seen here in the clinic. We want you to be over 70 on your blood work in order to be healthy. All right, before the Institute of Medicine's recommendation, experts for the Council of Responsible Nutrition suggested increasing the 
maximum daily limit to 10,000 IUs per day after finding no toxicities from vitamin D clinical trials in which the subjects were given 10,000 IUs and more. All right. In 2011, the Endocrine Society similarly said that up to 10,000 IUs per day was very, very safe for adults. This, uh, the disparities in the dose limits are caused by the different considerations of the potential benefits of vitamin D. All right, giving you some explanation here. The Institute of Medicine's lower dose recommendations were based mainly on the role of vitamin D in promoting bone health. Now, you may or may not know this, but your vitamin D helps you metabolize the calcium that you take. So for us older girls, postmenopausal women who are at serious risk for osteoporosis because we do not have enough estrogen, right? We have to have that vitamin D to metabolize the calcium so it actually gets into the bones. You're going to find out in a minute that you have to have K2 as well, otherwise you're not going to absorb your vitamin D. So there's a lot going into this and we need to hear all of the stuff, all right? So the endocrine society, and that deals with all of your glands, your thyroid, your adrenals, your sex, uh, sex glands, ovaries, testicles, pancreas, your brain glands, your pineal gland, your pituitary, all of that, okay, the endocrine society and other experts argue that vitamin D may also play an important role in other systems and organs, suggesting that the dose needs to be adjusted <clears throat> for what you're trying to do. Excuse me there. 600 IUs is not enough for overall health. Board-certified endocrinologist, I'm sorry, that's not right, Board-certified internist and integrative physician, Dr. Anna Mahalka, I may not say that right, said that most of her patients need 10,000 IUs a day to reach optimal function with their cognition and their energy levels. So your cognition is what your brain is doing. So ladies and gentlemen, if you are having brain fog, if you are having senior moments, it could just be you need more vitamin D in your life. Many of her patients came to her with fatigue, uh, muscle weakness, poor cognitive abilities, all of which are linked to vitamin D deficiencies despite these patients adequate levels of 20 nanograms per milliliter. Once she boosted their serum levels to 70, which is what we recommend, uh, or more using supplements, some of them saw great improvements. Another surgeon and physician for more than 20 years, Dr. Joseph, I'm going to butcher this name, I apologize, Bolsilyevic, all right, likewise reports great variability in optimum vitamin D serum levels among his different patients. He told that some patients see a great improvement once their levels hit 60 nanograms and he would deem them sufficient, but other patients needed 120 nanograms. All right, that's a lot. Okay, the scale on your blood work only goes from 30 to 100. Okay, it doesn't even go past that. But this physician and surgeon said that some of his people need 120 nanograms per milliliter for their bodies to do what it needs to do. He said, or Dr. McCullough says, he's even seen some of his patients 
operate fine at more than 200 nanograms per milliliter, all right? Doctors say people with certain pathologies may need more vitamin D than healthy people. Some people with incurable diseases have made a great recovery after being prescribed high dose of vitamin D. The extra vitamin D can be used as a medicine, not just as a preventative vitamin. Research has indicated that sufficient vitamin D levels may reduce the risk of many conditions from cardiovascular disease to allergies. Now, there's a big difference between cardiovascular disease and allergies, right? I don't want any of it, but I definitely don't want cardiovascular disease. Autoimmune disease occurs when the body's immune system starts attacking itself. We all know what that is. Vitamin D regulates immune cells, reduces inflammation, activates the immune cell that counteract autoimmune responses. So if you've got autoimmune disease, what does that mean? Well, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, diabetes type 2, um, Sjogren's, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, if you have any of those diseases, you may find that you do better if you increase your vitamin D levels, okay? Some autoimmune patients have vitamin D resistance. The person becomes less responsive to vitamin D supplementation and sun exposure. Therefore, they need a higher dose of vitamin D to raise their serum vitamin D levels to a suitable range. And remember, they could, be, they could be resistant to it, but also if they're taking it in the wrong delivery form, they may just not be getting enough, right? And so if you ask most people whether they get the vitamins, they get them at the big box store. Getting them at the big box store is not your best bet. Why? Because they run on price. People buy by price. Whoever has the lowest price, the best price, that's where we're going to go. Just yesterday, husband came home and said, XYZ gas station just dropped their gas 40 cents. Guess where I'm going? Yeah, and with gas, that's okay. When you're doing supplements, that's not okay because your cheap, cheap products do not have the cofactors in them or they're not in the proper delivery system in order to get into the body to do what they need to do, okay? Um, autoimmune specialist, Dr. Cicero Coimbra, also authored the famous Corimbra Protocol and found many of his patients with multiple sclerosis reach remission after taking massive doses of vitamin D along with other supplements. So you can Google that if multiple sclerosis is something that, that you're dealing with or you have family members dealing with it. It is an autoimmune disease. I didn't call that out a while ago. Shame on me because that's a big one. It's very, very debilitating and they say there's absolutely no cure for it. But high doses of vitamin D are showing great, great promise there. All right. The protocol starts as low as 150 IUs per kilogram of body weight. So get out your pencil, all right? A kilogram is 2.2 pounds, all right? So a kilo is 2.2 pounds, I think. So 150 milligrams, or sorry, IUs per kilogram. So take your weight in, you know, U.S. units, pounds, right? Divided by two, that's how many kilograms you are. 
then multiply that by 150, and that's how many I use of vitamin D you need. Thank you, Velma, for uh, confirming that. I thought it was 2.2, but it's been a while since I lived overseas and had to do those conversions there. So they start as low as 150 IUs per kilogram of body weight and can potentially increase that dose to 1,000 IUs per kilogram of body weight provided that the patients are routinely tested to ensure that their parathyroid gland, uh, their parathyroid hormones, calcium, and other micronutrient levels stay in balance. So let me explain what that means. Thyroid is right here. On your thyroid is a butterfly-shaped gland, and on each of the tips of that butterfly wingspan, you've got little parathyroid glands. Those parathyroid glands um, secrete a hormone that helps you uptake your calcium and apply your calcium. So when people are saying, oh yeah, I just take Tums for my calcium, no, 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 no. The human body cannot absorb Tums. Tums is not bioavailable. It is chalk, okay? It'll neutralize the acid in your stomach, but it will not replace the bones if you've got osteopenia or osteoporosis. So uh, your parathyroid glands help metabolize your calcium through their activity, okay? In an interview, uh, Coimbria said that his clinic had treated more than 15,000 patients with autoimmune disease, among them multiple sclerosis patients. About 85% reached remission. That is fabulous. I tell you where, I'm going to send people, um, if we can't get it to where it needs to be, send them to this guy's protocol because he has 80 5% success rate, which is fabulous. His protocol has also been used with rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, inflammatory bowel disease, so that could be Crohn's or IBS, uh, psoriasis uh, from around the world, and the majority of his patients following these protocols report significant improvement, and so that's what we want, significant improvement. Regarding those who don't respond well to vitamin D treatment, this doctor observed that most tend to experience high levels of stress and only by changing the way they respond to stress do they start to see improvement. So this is really, really important. You know, some of you may have been on my thyroid challenge that I did a couple of months ago. Uh, we're going to be doing it again in a couple of weeks. But one of the things that we noticed are in, in my research and I brought out in the challenge is that stress kills every metabolic process in your body. So if you're trying to get your thyroid to function properly and you've got stress in your life, it's not going to happen. So this guy's saying that if you've got a lot of stress, a lot of drama, a lot of stuff going on in your life, that you may not be able to absorb the vitamin D. And so we want to make sure that we get that stress modulated so that you're able to absorb. And again, this particular one, all right, it's a Physica Energetics brand. We love these people. I know these people personally. They are awesome. And there is zero, zero waste. And so you know that you're getting 100% of what you're putting in your body. So that is important. All right. Um, cancer. High doses of vitamin D are associated with lower risks of cancer progression and mortality. Now, I was told in school that if you had a high enough level of vitamin D, you would not be depressed you could not get the flu, and you could not get cancer. That's what I was told in school. 
That's not necessarily what this report is saying, but that's what I learned in school. They're saying that deficiencies in B group vitamins, vitamin C, iron, zinc, magnesium, and selenium have been linked with increased cancer risks. So what does that mean? That means we take our vitamins. You're not going to get all of the vitamins that you need in your food. We've told you about the report. The latest data we have says that in 20, uh, 2002, okay, 2002, they compared the nutritional density from the fruits and vitamins in 2002 to what they were in 1985. There was a 73% on average decrease in nutritional value. That was 2002. We're now in 2023. Our food has not gotten better. It just has not become more nutrient dense. So this is why I take my vitamins every day and I meant to bring my vitamins down and I didn't, but I take a lot. Um, I was gonna show you, they come all pre-packaged and so it's just real easy. You take a pack in the morning, you take a pack in the evening and I didn't bring them down to show you, so I apologize for that. Many observational studies on cancer patients have also found vitamin D deficiency as a risk factor. 2016 report found that women whose vitamin D levels were raised above 40 nanograms per milliliter had more than 65% lower risk of cancer incidence. All right? Only 40 nanograms, right? Optimal is 70 nanograms, so doing a little bit is better than not doing anything, all right? Get yourself up to over 40 at the very, very minimum. Another 2019 study followed end-term colon cancer patients and found that those who increased their vitamin D levels experienced slower worsening of their symptoms. Grant's research shows that vitamin D reduces the risk of cancer incidence by affecting the differentiation, the proliferation, and the apoptosis of cells, preventing mortality by reducing the formation of new blood vessels to sustain tumor growth and reduce metastasis. Let me just give you that in real letters, real English, okay? So, your cells, you know this from fourth grade biology, fourth grade health class, we know this. Your cell separates, divides, multiplies, separates, divides, multiplies, okay? Apoptosis is scheduled cell death. The way the body works when it's healthy, every seven years you have totally new systems, right? You've got new skin at a certain time, you've got new organs at a certain time. All these things happen so your body renews. Remember, back in the day, back in the day in the Garden of Eden, right? We were supposed to live forever. Go to sleep, sleep well, eat well, do good work, repeat, okay? That's not the way it is now, okay? But your body still remembers its original design and every seven years you've got some renewal going on there. And so if you are doing, um, you're healthy, then that apoptosis, that natural cell death, when the cells get old, instead of malfunctioning, they just die. Cancer cells have a special cloaking device and they don't die and your immune system can't go after them because they've got that cloaking device. That's why when you keep all of your nutritional um, components up to where they're supposed to be, your body can see that, your white cells can go and eat those up and you are good to go. Also, when you get a cancer cell, it takes 
10 years from your original embryonic cancer cell to grow a tumor that is big enough for a doctor to find on a scan. All right, so that just gives you some perspective. If you have cancer today, you had cancer 10 years ago, you just didn't know it, right? So we can assume, because everybody has cancer cells in their body, we do, our immune system, if they're functioning the way they're supposed to, our macrophages and our phagocytes go in and they eat them up and we don't ever have to face cancer treatment, right? If we're not at optimal health, then they've got that cloaking device and we don't see it and so they grow and grow and grow. No apoptosis, no programmed cell death, and so that's why people are having a hard time with cancer because their body's not functioning the way it needs to. So, vitamin D acts as a blocking pathway that promotes further cancer growth and metastasis. So when you get that tumor, that tumor is a survival organism. It has to stay alive. So it grows multitudes of new veins and that kind of thing, capillaries, so it can suck up your blood, literally, because it needs that blood in order to grow. Vitamin D blocks that and it stops that metastasism. And so we want to have high, high doses of vitamin D if we are dealing with cancer in the body, okay? Again, you may not know it, everybody's dealing with cancer at some, at some level. So let's keep it at the undetectable level and take your vitamin D like you're supposed to, all right? Um, the doctor says it's way better at preventing cancer mortalities than cancer incidences. That means um, it's really, really good at stopping you from dying because you have cancer, so that's a good thing. It's worth noting that cancer can be triggered by a multitude of factors, including environmental toxins, smoking, radiation, genetics, inflammation, and many of these things cannot be controlled with vitamin D on its own. Furthermore, it's still uncertain whether vitamin D is effective for all cancers and the reason for every cancer patient's ailments vary from one to the other. Nevertheless, there have been case reports of cancer remission after taking high doses of vitamin C, though other factors play into the patient's recovery. Anesthesiologist uh, Dr. Judson Somerville said his patient's wife was told by the highly renowned cancer center MD Anderson, okay, we all know what that is, in Houston, that she had only six months to live because she had advanced ovarian cancer, all right? She figured she had nothing to lose, so she started taking magnesium and high doses of vitamin D3. She started feeling better, and after a few months, she went to the doctor for a checkup. They examined her, and to their surprise, they found that she was cancer-free. Now, if vitamin D can stop a cancer from growing, and in this case, gone, why would we not insist that our doctors give us that vitamin D test? We're going for blood work annually or semi-annually anyway, right? We just need to do it. We need to know where our numbers are. They tell me in school, they tell me 
that in order to maintain your level of vitamin D, wherever you are on the spectrum, you need 10,000 IUs per day. So if you're deficient, we recommend you do at least 16,000 IUs per day. They've actually reformulated this. I have glasses somewhere because the print is, as my friend Jean says, bacteria print. Uh, let's see, let's see. On the IUs, I think it went up from 1,000 IUs per spray to like 120 IUs per spray. I'm going to go away and uh, look at that. I'm going to look at that again and see exactly what it was. The main thing is I do 16 sprays, no waste, 100% right to the bloodstream, right where it needs to go. So it makes sure that I have what I need. So board certified internist, Dr. Syed Haider, Haider, recommends a certain amount of sun exposure as the best option to getting vitamin D as the body has a mechanism to prevent excessive production that would cause toxicity. Yet, with most people living in urban areas and being indoors for most of the time, taking supplements is probably a more convenient option. All right? So, um, what on my last couple of minutes here, what do I want to talk to you about? Uh, we want to make sure that vitamin D levels, right, uh, it says impo the importance of testing vitamin D levels are an indication of dosage since the following condition may impair the absorption of vitamin D. Inflammation, stress, obesity, and poor gut health. Now, I will just tell you, 100% of the people that come into my clinic, they have poor gut health. One in three is obese. Right, so those are two of the factors right there that's going to tell you that you need a really, really high dose of vitamin D. So we want to make sure, we want to make sure that we're doing really, really good preventative health. I don't want anybody that is my friend or family to call me and say, oh, I've just been diagnosed, right? This research, and I've given you several medical doctors and what they do, several research studies and what they proved, Okay, and so you can take that to the bank that this is real science. You can do yourself a favor and go out in the sun. The, the opportune time is between 10 and 2, okay, because that's when the, the sun's rays, or you're going to get the most out of it. Now, depending on where you are in the United States, uh, that may be a little bit different. You want to go out with no sunscreen uh, for about 20 minutes. If you're out there for longer than 20 minutes, you do want to put on the sunscreen, okay, because we don't want you to get burned. If you are able to absorb your vitamin D and if your vitamin D levels are adequate, 20 minutes with no sunscreen in the middle of the day is perfectly fine. If you have problems and you can't absorb, then you can get a supplement, okay? If you're going to be out Longer than 20 minutes, you do need to use your sunscreen. Now, it is Memorial Day weekend here in the United States, and so I know a lot of people are going to be, uh, obviously, remembering why we have Memorial Day, right? All of our brave men and women that fought for us and lost their lives for our freedom, so we're going to definitely honor them. It is a three-day weekend, so that means 
the beach and the sun and the hamburgers and hot dogs and all the things, okay? So while you are definitely giving honor to the people who have uh, fallen heroes, right? We also want to take care of ourselves and enjoy the uh, privileges that we have because we do live in a free country. So use your sunscreen after the first initial 20 minutes, okay? Love you guys. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for sharing, liking, all the things that you do. I appreciate you. And, um, okay, uh, sad note, I will not see you next week. Um, unfortunately, we have a family funeral next Friday, so the office is closed, and I will not be on on Friday because I will be at a funeral. So take care of yourself. Know that we love you, and I'll see you in two weeks. Take care. Bye-bye.